All right, hello everyone. Welcome into the Geek Garage podcast, the most inclusive and accessible nerd culture audio program on the interwebs. I am your host, David. Zach Wills is off this week, um, but in his stead is my lovely, talented, and beautiful wife, Lindsay Dassall. How are you doing, Lindsay Dassall? Pretty good. How are you? Uh, I am all right. Uh, it's a little bit of a dreary, rainy day um, in uh, good old Middle Tennessee. Yep. Um, and it's uh, an unseasonable, uh, like, 70 degrees out um, here in the ass end of December, which kind of seems on par for southern weather. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be snowing this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, uh, Because especially since I'm supposed to drive through uh, Mon Eagle um, heading towards Chattanooga. So that, that will be great if, you know, it starts to just randomly snow um but anyways so um before we get started on our topic today uh Lindsay, how was how was your holiday did you get any cool gifts any cool no presents? i can't think of anything no nothing no oh all right well okay <laughs> i'm kidding uh david surprised me with <coughs> uh tickets to um universal so we can finally go see hogwarts and I was just a little bit excited about it, and I'm only slightly happy. Yeah, only slightly. Uh, for those of you that saw the video that I posted online, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's a total understatement. Lindsay lost her mind. I don't think I've ever seen her that excited about anything. And we have two children. Uh, and I was there in the room when they were born. So um, I, I know how to uh, pit one level of excitement up against the other so um yeah uh but yes it's it is very exciting i, I was very glad uh, the etsy shop has been very good to me this year so i was able to purchase um i'd say it's about maybe uh, one a little more than a half to two-thirds of our trip I, I booked you know i basically got everything except the airfare and then are walking around money and eating money. So, um, yeah, it's uh, not so uh, far in uh, in the future that it's... 131 days. <laughs> yeah, not like she's keeping track. Do you have an app on your phone? I that's, do. Uh, <laughs> I, I figured I that's... can break it down into hours if you want. Yeah, I, I, I'm all right. I, I trust you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's very exciting that we're getting to go to... Um, to Harry Potter World and check out Diagon Alley and ride the Hogwarts Express and ride all the cool rides like the new Hagrid ride and of course the Gringotts and um, uh, it's only new to us it's yeah. been around for everybody else for years <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um, yeah we every single year we say like this is the year that we're going and then every year it doesn't happen uh, so very excited that um, that is finally happening but uh, anyways, so today we are talking about Hawkeye, the uh, the latest show in the uh, Disney Plus arena of the MCU. And um, yeah, Lindsay, you you are also super pumped about this topic. I was. I uh, am a huge Hawkeye fan. I think he's one of the best Avengers. I'm sorry. I know lots of people think he's lame, but... I just think it's cool that, you know, uh, he's really good at a certain thing. He 
uses it well and he keeps up more or less with all these like really fancy super smart heroes Mm -hmm. yeah well said yeah uh one of the best things i think object objectively speaking about hawkeye is that he's very like um i don't know how you'd say it like self-actualized like he knows that he's not um a billionaire uh like tony stark he knows that he's not a god like thor um he doesn't have any super soldier serum running through his veins. He's just an incredibly talented archer and no, and a martial arts badass. I think you would call that relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a very relatable uh, comic book character. Um, he's a, a character for us every man. Every man? Every, every people? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... Um, Hawkeye wrapped, let's see, um, I guess it was, uh, as of this recording, it wrapped last week. Um, also just a side note, if you can hear a small child in the background, uh, that is our son, Charlie, uh, we're recording this, like I said, um, the, it's the 29th of December and he is still on Christmas break from school. So, um, yes. And also if you hear him hollering for help, it's only because he's playing with Paw Patrol and everyone needs help when you're playing with Paw Patrol. Right. Uh, Yeah. Who who doesn't need help when you're playing with with your toys? I mean, but yeah, anyways, so um, we're not going to do like a super deep dive into this. We're not going to recap the episodes for you. It's, uh, you know, pretty, it's just going to be our thoughts and opinions. So we're going to, um, if you're tuning into this, we are assuming that you have watched all six episodes and uh, have made up your mind about uh, the show. And you can hear our opinions and hear what we think and, you know, see how they stack, stack up against your own opinions. Um, so needless to say, spoiler alert, you know, we're, we're not going to be pulling any punches. Yeah. So can I go ahead and give my thoughts? Please do. Okay. So, just for the record, I am not a negative Nancy. I liked this series a whole lot better than I did the What If series. I feel like it's everything that the What If series should have been because it had these really serious, like, moments of, you know, some crime, some bad shit's going down, people are getting hurt, this needs to be taken care of, some family drama... But then it had these really funny, like, lighthearted moments mm-hmm. that made it, like, really worth it and definitely made it, like, a Christmas story. Yeah. Which made my heart happy. Yeah, this is this is now a new entry into the arena of, excuse me, movies and shows that you can watch during Christmas time that are outside of the traditional Christmas you know, movie and show arena, you know, um, it's, it's not like slightly far removed, like Die Hard, but it's also not like Home Alone. So it's, it's kind of in that, it's a lot like Home Alone. Uh, yeah, it's actually, yes. (laughs) With the, uh, the trick arrows and whatnot. So, uh, so what were, uh, specifically diving into specifics, what were some of your favorites, uh, aspects or, or moments parts of this show well as I'm sure like everyone knows it's based off the comics by Matt Faction which are some of the very Is it Faction fe- or Fraction whatever I think it's Fraction I don't care 
Um, you should care because it's his name. Okay, I should care. You're right. You did a good job, Matt. Good job. Yeah, he it's, did. It's one of the few comics that I've actually read. Um, not because I'm against comics, but I just need, like, typically I just like more substance. Like, I want a novel type thing. I want to know people's thoughts and feelings and, you know, conversations on things. And I just feel like comics are just way too short. And they're mm-hmm. very expensive. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I could get more content from, like, books. You, you, <laughs> you like your um, your unabridged fan fiction yeah, I do. You you like the folks that take the i the the existing idea, and then either put a spin on it, or you know extend the universe further, or a little bit of both. Um, so I yeah, I, I I totally get that. You know the the comic books they're kind of meeting those two elements in the middle where you know you you can't get this crazy story. Uh, you you got to get a little bit of story and a little bit of artwork, and it all comes together. Yeah. So um, so yeah, for it being one of the few comics that I've read, I find it to be really really good. Also loved that they um, introduced so much of Clint being deaf in the comics. Mm-hmm. And using lots of sign language because I used to be a special ed teacher and I use a lot of sign language even now with kids that I work with and I just thought it was cool. Yeah, this show has gotten a lot of recognition. I I don't know how much recognition it's gotten from those communities like the deaf community, um, but... I know it's gotten a lot of praise from advocates who who want more representation in in all kinds of media, especially superheroes, where you know you have, uh, you know, flaws. Yeah, flaws, <laughs> neurodivergence, and 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 whatnot. And yeah, I, I think this this was a um, probably one of the very first Marvel. Uh, things, shows, movies, whatever that it depends that did on that. how hard you look. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, in the comic books, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Clint is deaf in the comics, right? Is it Clint or uh, is it uh, Kate that's deaf? It's Clint. Okay. So how do you, do we know? Uh, was he born deaf or no. he was? Uh, my understanding is he was rendered deaf. Because he was stabbed in the ears with um, two of his arrows. Ouchies. Yeah. Um, okay, so, it, you know, it's not uh, the, the reasoning for him being deaf in the show is not too far removed from the, the source material. What they presented in the show in a, a somewhat hilarious fashion um, was just uh, general wear and tear uh, of being an Avenger. And being like, yeah, when you're an Avenger, this is what happens. Um, you you become hard yeah. of hearing from all the explosions. Yeah. Um, some of the comics um, show him becoming death from um, a sonic arrow. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. Just putting that out there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I really liked how they... You know, they they got there and, and like it, they wove it into the the existing storyline of him and just the, the MCU in general 
like it makes sense with with all the stuff that he's done like jumping off of rooftops into you know windows where the windows shatter and crash and explosions the fuck the whole avengers compound comes crumbling down on everyone so yeah in Clint reality gets a lot of buildings uh blown up on top of him yeah like a lot so um, um and and this doesn't even you know him being an avenger doesn't even touch on the years that he spent um as um an agent of shield right so so who knows what happened during those years probably yeah some and madness. he is also a pilot so lots of time flying different jets planes and a little bit of everything and i'm just gonna throw it out there that I don't think S.H.I.E.L.D. is taking proper precautions as far as, like, ear protection for its employees. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. You should be a, um, uh, like, an OSHA representative for S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah, I should. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd be very I, good at that. I don't know if that would be more OSHA or, like, a, um, a dock workers union kind of thing. <laughs> Either, either one. Yeah. You know. some, some sort of representation to make sure that their needs are fully met. Yes. So, um, and, HR. And safety is its number one priority. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Safety is always S.H.I.E.L.D.'s number one priority. Uh, um, go ahead. So, yeah. So, I really liked um, that part of the story and just um, seeing that uh, Clint... Um, is using a hearing aid, is using um, an adaptive device that he needs, but is also taking the time to learn sign language because you just never know when that device may fail and you may need to be able to communicate. So I just exactly. thought that was I just thought that was pretty cool and that's what I tell a lot of parents and kids that I work with. It's great that when you have these technology and these devices to help you. Um, but even something as simple as learning how to write by hand or learning how to sign may help you because you just never know when those devices are, you know, it might just need a battery charge. The software may fail or you may just be without it. Mm-hmm. And so how are you going to communicate this need yeah. if you don't have this technology? So, mm-hmm. 100%. um, I, I thought it was cool that he was taking the time to, like I said, learn to sign um, when he didn't have to, he didn't, yeah. he didn't have to, he had a hearing aid. It was working for him. Um, but I think it's part of his training and his background. He always wants to be prepared. So, uh, I think that's one of the reasons why he was just taking the turn, taking the time to learn to sign, um, that, and I think the show did want to add a little bit of representation to it. Sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All uh, all good moves on their part. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed the the sign language aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, what other parts of the show did you like? Um. So I loved that they made Kate out to be um a semi real person. Like she saw these heroes. And as any kid or even, you know, an adult, (coughs) you know, she wants to be like a hero and she wants to be a superhero, but she also realizes that she has like limitations and that obviously she's not 
going to be able to, you know, become a god or learn to fly or become a billionaire or whatever. Even though my understanding is Kate is from a very wealthy family. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, we can uh, we can definitely deduce that with, um, you know, the opening scene is their their uh, their flat in Manhattan, and it comes crashing down we we don't know the extent of the damage but you know it's it's damage from the the chitari uh, attacking in 2012 but cut to like later on in the episode we see them back in the same flats <laughs> so obviously they have uh, it wasn't just um let's get the insurance to pay for this and you know move somewhere that we can afford it was yeah. Uh, let's rebuild this so we can stay here. Um, so I thought she was a very a cool, relatable character. Um, but obviously, everyone knows that the best part of the show and who stole the entire show was Lucky the Pizza Dog. <laughs> I mean, Is that right? Yeah, that show that, practically I'm, wouldn't even exist without this dog. That's news to me. <laughs> so in real life the dog's name is jolt uh and they kind of had to my understanding is um they photoshopped his eye being gone because mm-hmm. in the comics he is a one-eyed pizza dog right um but uh what kind of um endeared kate to me as far as characters was that one of the first things that she did was rescue a dog Mm -hmm. so you know you can't hate her (laughs) yeah in in the midst of trying to escape from the chaos of uh you know that that weird uh wine cellar auction um you know trying to escape from that she notices a dog in the middle of the road and her first thought knee-jerk reaction was to save the dog uh, instead of getting to safety so yeah that that was pretty cool yeah uh, uh, in the comics it was very much um Clint's dog mm-hmm. like he he was the one to initially um rescue um him but I'm cool I'm cool with Kate being the rescuer as well right and maybe that's gonna give us a long time with Lucky um because what I don't know, but my theory is that eventually they're going to want to phase Clint out, mm-hmm. and which I hope they don't rush, and I hope they don't do right away. I would love to see more of Clint. I love the character, um, but I think you know they're going to go toward more young Avengers. They're going to go right. to eventually focusing more and more on Kate. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully if Lucky is Kate's dog, then we will continue to see more of the dog as well. <laughs> sure. So yeah. in the comics, he does go with Kate to become part of the Young Avengers and then not the dog. He, he's not part of the Young Avengers, but Kate is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was having trouble following your, your line of... Well, um, Lucky travels with Kate to become part of the Young Avengers and then eventually to the West Coast Avengers. Okay. Like, he goes with her. But then he comes back and lives with Clint some, so... Okay. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. All right. I don't know. It's like a shared dog. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No. Uh, I mean, that that's definitely a thing um, in real life, so... 
was there anything that you didn't like or weren't too high on or didn't particularly care for? Or? Yeah, I hated the fact that there was only six episodes. What the hell? <laughs> Uh, yeah, this was not the only Disney Plus show that was um, slightly more short-lived. Uh, wasn't was WandaVision six episodes, or was that like seven or eight? I think it was eight. Uh-huh. Or maybe not. Um, I don't know. I think that was the same for um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think that was only six, too. Maybe six or seven. Um yeah, it uh, it did feel a little on the shorter side, especially since they they kicked it off with the first two episodes, <clears throat> and just uh, in in the same fashion that the the Disney Plus Marvel shows have done prior this year is uh, whenever the they kick the show off with releasing the first two episodes instead of just one. Um, nothing super exciting happens it's more about world building character introductions etc etc nothing super crazy is is gonna happen so um i i really didn't think the show got good until um maybe the third or fourth episode Uh, definitely the fourth episode um you know i i am most certainly partial to yelena she is one of my favorites uh, phase four characters so um yeah I, I was super happy to see her um, of course at at the end of um what was it black widow we we saw that and got a glimpse of oh what's her name julia louis dreyfus's character that has like 16 names um she <laughs> handed her a photo she's like this is the dude responsible for your sister's death and we were like oh shit and we uh we kind of all assumed that we would see her soon um, in something most likely Hawkeye, and that's uh, exactly what ended up happening. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to cover a lot of ground mm-hmm. in just six episodes, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, okay, we took care of Fisk. We introduced a whole new character with Kate. Um, we had the tracksuit mafia, mm-hmm. and we had Kate's drama with her family, mm-hmm. and... So, you know, we were dealing with a lot, I feel like. Yeah, uh, I definitely feel like it could have stood to be stretched out for at least another episode or two. I wouldn't have mind eight episodes uh, for this show. Um, I I feel like I kind of got whiplash with all the things that they were trying to cover. Um, You know, they just bounce back and forth between you know covering Kate's backstory and her current family history and um you know Duquesne and her dead dad and uh Clint and his current situation with his family and um you know him grieving uh, over um Natasha this is really the first time that we uh we get to see Clint post um Endgame right yeah and and so we we see him. It's uh, how how far is this? One year. Uh, one year, um, and you know, deservedly so. He is still grieving um, from uh, her death. Yes. So as most people, well, uh, I'm a huge Clint Tasha fan, Blockhawk fan, 
whatever. I was really mad when they mm-hmm. messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> I really felt like they should have been together um, from the beginning. I hate Laura a little less now, but I still feel like the real substance of her relationship should have been Clinton and Natasha. Sure. Um, well, but- you can, uh, I mean, it, I don't know if this makes it any better, but you could think of Natasha as Clint's work wife because, you know, you hear about like, uh, or I mean, well, there's a lot of fan fiction out there where they're a trouble. Like, right. Yeah. You were so. explaining this. This was news to me when you, you were explaining this to me the other day, uh, that they were a thruple, uh, and I was like, interesting. Well, um, it is interesting and I don't, like encourage I mean I guess if it works for you it's fine but I don't encourage like throuple relationships in real life I guess but it's a smart move economically for characters I think it kind of worked out well like nobody's like competing for anybody and like Laura and Natasha have just as much of a relationship together as much as like Clint and Natasha or Clint and Laura so like there's like no competition between them so it's just kind of like this like relationship and then like clint got to have like children and things like that which depending on where you're reading he really wanted um but obviously um you know natasha could not have provided so um and then they both got to kind of have a family Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's a little weird i guess but it works in um, the fan fiction sort of life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, yeah, like as far as episodes, like I felt like we got like a lot of like rushed. Because like <laughs> if you really think about it, okay, like the first episode was just kind of like establishing kind of Kate and where she is. And then the second is kind of like establishing what all has been going on with Kate. And also Barton since the end of Endgame. Mm-hmm. And then finally you get into the story that actually what all is going on in episode three. And it's just not enough time to cover all of right. <laughs> yeah. what all needed to happen. Um, but then again, I mean, I guess they could have made the mistake of making it like 16 episodes and it would have drug out too much yeah that's that's too much no so, this this didn't need to be 16 episodes you know i i but i just really enjoyed the series like mm-hmm. even if it was 16 episodes and semi-boring i, I would have stuck it out so i really <laughs> enjoyed the characters and it was just a fun series like it was perfect for right before christmas they mm-hmm. did a good job yeah it wasn't super heavy it, it was still it, it was a fun enjoyable show that uh you know nothing super crazy happened but it was also very rewarding and the, there were um great poignant moments uh between certain characters and just with individual characters yeah, like a lot of character growth yeah like one of my favorites was um i mean this this wasn't necessarily a like a, a long con payoff type situation but you know the the series opens up with uh, like i was saying a few minutes ago with kate uh seeing hawkeye jump off of the um the this the top of the building 
uh, <laughs> sorry, were you going to sneeze? No. Okay. Um, we see Kate looking to, uh, she sees Hawkeye jumping off, of, like repelling and, you know, just trusting in his ability to, um, to, to slingshot his arrow and, and get him to safety, get himself to safety. And that's where she fell in love with the idea of like becoming an archer, becoming a hero, um, maybe even one day becoming an Avenger. And, and like, we knew all that without her saying anything. Um, and then we finally have her saying that in, I, I believe it was the very last episode. And I'm so glad that they did that. It, it felt like a very big release to me. I was like, like a sigh of relief. I was like, oh, <laughs> finally they uh, addressed it. And yes, they addressed it. Um, and and so I really like that. Um, another was, you know, the, the, the climax on the ice between Yelena and and Clint, you know, and we were, we were talking about this off air the other day, like basically when the, the episode ended, um, like the idea of him trying to explain to Yelena exactly what happens, um, you know, and he opts for the line, like, like Yelena, you would not believe me, even if I told you or tried to tell you. And, uh, and, part of me wanted him to try and explain but we like we we like acted that out in the car as we were driving like what would that sound like it ended up being like 10 minutes long so yeah um also um a lot of people on the internet who are big fans of the black hawk clint slash natasha relationship um we're like, okay, well, if you're not going to give us that, then since obviously Hawkeye is kind of handing down his his name to Kate and mm-hmm. Black Widow's handed down her name to Yelena, mm-hmm. then we could get kind of a Black Hawk couple from those two. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't object. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Kind of fun. Sure. Yeah. Um. Aside from those two moments, was there any other, uh, like, one big moment or, or one or two big moments that were just, like, uber satisfying for you? Um, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, all the trick arrows really cute. Um, the uh, montages of them getting ready to fight the tracksuit mafia. Yeah, that and, was them like working together to build their arrows. Like yeah, and and Clint, um, you know, breaking down like um, how to make the arrows and Kate labeling them. Right. Um, you know, good times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of also like I mean I don't know if that's how they're normally made, but um, it it definitely answered uh, answered the question partially of how the hell Clint gets his arrows. Like, obviously he has the intelligence to make them. Clint um, has always made his own arrows. Right. Um, and now it looks like he he has had or is getting help now from uh, Hank Pym with the Pym particles. No, from Scott. Uh, oh, is it from Scott? Okay. I, I didn't... He re- actually mentioned Scott several times. Did he? Okay. Um, well, you know me. I, you could... 
be focusing on five different things at once while watching the show and pick that up. And I could be watching the show and nothing else. And David didn't even catch on to the fact that Laura was Agent 19, yeah. also known as Mockingbird at the end of the episode, which, I mean, like, was a pretty big moment. They were after this watch, like, the entire time. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm an idiot. I never claimed to be anything else but, so... Yeah, he's always yelling at me if I'm, like, looking at my phone while watching something. It's it's because I'm projecting, you know? I mean, if... You're going to miss something. You're not even watching. Well, I mean, it's... To me, it's like, if you're not watching the show... Like, this show is... It's, like, 45 minutes every Wednesday. You know, you can't, like, put down your phone for 45 minutes one day a week. Like, <laughs> because like I have to multitask in order to like focus and take things in. If I'm See, not, I, I don't, I don't buy that. I, I don't buy the fact that you can't just sit there and watch it and it, it not be the same. I, I just, I don't know. Uh, that's not what we're here to talk about though. Okay. <clears throat> well, anyway, um, and we haven't even mentioned one of the better characters, um, that we met through this, uh, little adventure um which was echo or um maya Mm -hmm. uh which eventually i think she's going to turn into um kind of this anti-hero that they call echo okay um i just thought she was a very interesting cool character she ends up being kind of like this crime boss Mm -hmm. she's working directly under fisk and leading the tracksuit mafia um she's also completely deaf and has been deaf since she was a child and so lots of signing um she tries to sign to clint a few <laughs> times and clint is like yeah i'm not there yet <laughs> uh he used clint actually used a lot of the signs that i use with kids that i work with a lot more help cookie please <laughs> <laughs> yeah um which was very amusing just to me personally but <laughs> right where it's just it's not like you know i i guess the the sign language equivalent of like f- full complete sentences it's a bit more choppy well yeah i mean you have to start somewhere but you're it gets not, the point across yeah, yeah i mean you're not going to it's just like when you're learning a new language you're not going to jump from um you know being able to count to 10 to being fluent in mm-hmm. a matter of you know right days or even weeks you know it it takes time so i think um clint was working on his fluency right uh but he's just not there yet <laughs> yeah uh i i do i mean i i think this is kind of where what you were talking about just a few minutes ago of the show being a little rushed and could have benefited from either an extra one or two episodes is that I had a little bit of a hard time getting into her character in general and just uh, diving into her backstory. Uh, But that's, that's not, um, that's, I'm not, what am I trying to say? Uh, Whose fault is that? doesn't matter. Um, It's just like, you know, it, that's just a, a consequence of uh, of how the show was structured and it being only six episodes is that they didn't really have the, the time and the opportunities to, to dive deep. I mean, I know we did get, uh, you know, the background of, you know, her, her dad 
basically being employed by Fisk, right? Yes. And um, and her kind of being tied to Fisk in um, you know in relation to her father and being a part of the tracksuit mafia and uh, and all that. Yeah. So her and Kate kind of have a lot of parallels in mm-hmm. that her father is kind of indebted to Fisk. And then later we find out that Eleanor, Kate's mom, is also um, indebted to Fisk. So they kind of get tied up um, with him. And um, so Kate, you know, she kind of sticks with it because, not Kate, sorry. Maya, Maya. she kind of sticks with it, I think, because this is like the only family she's ever known. I Mm -hmm. mean, she literally calls Fisk her uncle. The tracksuit mafia is literally, you know, her family. Right. Um, but Maya, uh, sorry, Kate's mom, Eleanor, she gets kind of drug into it because she owed her husband when he died, owed Fisk a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so she's just trying to keep like her family and everything safe. I don't think she's necessarily like a villain. Yeah, I I actually came up with a question that is directly related to this that I I wanted to talk to you about. Um, But I I wanted to let you finish your your thoughts. Yeah. So um, I just thought it was interesting how they kind of parallel each other. They're kind of have the same background. course at the end you know maya she wants to walk away Mm -hmm. um uh which she kind she kind of does and i have a feeling she's gonna get kind of drugged back into it with the new echo series but you know she's at least trying to leave and eleanor kind of does something similar she's trying to leave uh fisk and Mm -hmm. stop doing business with him um, and, and Fisk treats them the exact same way because he's very much a business-minded person. It doesn't matter if you're his family or if you're in his employer. He's not going to have you double-crossing him. So Right. Yeah, there is, basically there is no a, leaving the family business. Yeah, he basically puts a hit on both of them. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, where he really... Where Fisk really fucked up was um, uh, employing... Uh, what's his name with the task? I, I can never remember his name. Kazi? Kazi, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, like, once I realized that Fisk was like, all right, you need to take care of this, I was like, there's no fucking way that this guy is taking care of shit. <laughs> like, she literally mops the floor with fucking everyone. And I just, I have seen nothing really impressive about this guy. So, um, I was like, that's, that's not like, as Tony Stark would say, not a good plan. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to ask, um, do, uh, was, was Kate justified in, um, in turning in Eleanor, her mother, uh, for Armand's murder? Do you, do you feel like she was justified in doing that? Because- Probably. Yeah. Uh, I think um, at the very least, it needs to be, you know, reported and recorded appropriately. I think she probably needs some jail time. 
Um, I'm just not really sure how much of a villain Eleanor is. If she was honestly just caught up with all of this bad guys and kind of under Fisk's thumb and couldn't get out. Or if she was honestly lining her pockets and making herself rich. I mean, Fisk does say that business has done them both really well. Mm -hmm. So I don't think she's completely innocent. No. Um, At least as of right now, I also don't think she's like the worst villain in the world. Um, I think there was at least some legitimate concern for her daughter and keeping Kate safe and, you know, and relatively happy. I mean, nobody wants to sign over, you know, a business even, you know, that you've worked hard for. Nobody wants to become suddenly broke. (laughs) Right. And so even if it wasn't the best, most um, bravest, I guess, decision, I do think that she wasn't being completely selfish in making the decisions that she made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. So. It's, yeah. I mean, really nothing in this world is uh, truly black and white. And this definitely falls under that umbrella. It's, It's not, you know, she, due to no fault of her own, like who knows uh, how much she knew about uh, Kate's dad being in business and indebted to Fisk when he, and then all of a sudden he up and dies in 2012. Uh, So I don't think we really get a good idea of um, how, you know, deep in with the sharks, like she is at that point in time. And it could have been her that got into bed with Fisk and yeah. she's trying to push the blame off on him. We just don't know right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. And so I'm not willing to push her completely under the bus yet. Right. But I'm also not completely redeeming her. I think she deserves some time in jail to contemplate her choices and hopefully to make better ones in the future and not, you know, get wrapped up with mob bosses. <laughs> yeah. Um, did uh did I talk about the um my thoughts on cliffhangers yet? I, I don't think I have. Um, so one of the things that I really liked about the show is also one of the things that I kind of hated about it. Um, the thing that I really liked is that the cliffhangers were really good. Like you know any any show worth its weight in gold is it's it's cliffhanger its ability to pull you in at the very end wanting more for next week um, especially when it's episodic like this you know it cliffhangers don't necessarily need to be super grabbing when it's a bingeable show when they dump all eight episodes or ten episodes in your lap all at once um are cliffhangers still important sure but yeah like um but the cliffhangers for this were for this show were really good. They made you want to tune in for next week, and I think that's you know important for an episodic weekly show like this. But at the same time, my beef was that a lot of the time it really wouldn't get good until the last five minutes, um, like almost every single episode. But then the next episode would start out and be so completely awesome. Yeah, and then I mean, it would look- be dead for like 30 minutes and like really nothing super exciting would happen. Disagree. <laughs> okay. Um, so like, okay, look, 
look at the second episode, Hide and Seek, okay? So that episode is it ended with Kate crashing through the ceiling mm-hmm. and Clint is trying to clear her name. Like, this Kate girl, she's not the Ronin. Like, you know, I'm not associated with her. Just leave her alone. She's just a sure, kid. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. So then Kate comes crashing through the ceiling and they're like, uh, hello. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we get that awesome action sequence where <laughs> they battle the tracksuit mafia in the warehouse. And then we get that awesome sequence where they're running away um, from the charger and, mm-hmm. you know, Clint breaks out his arrows. Right. And awesome. Completely awesomeness. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to say that that's not awesome. Like, that that whole sequence was awesome and very exciting. Uh, I just, I felt like after that initial, like, 10, 15 minutes, it kind of, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's just my personal thoughts. I, I'm not saying that the episode sucked after those initial 10, 15 minutes. I'm just saying, like, it... Well, those are the moments where we get the relatable moments of Clint Barton. Yeah, those I, th- I understand how how shows work. I'm I'm just saying, like it it wasn't super fulfilling to me. I liked it, but it it was super fulfilling to me because those are the moments where we get the relatable Clint Barton when he's having to go back and actually sleep and put ice on his wounds, mm-hmm. and he yeah is like an actual human being. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like he has been beat to shit and he feels it. <laughs> yeah. And he's covering himself with frozen peas. Yeah. 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 That makes it funny and awesome and relatable. And also some of the minor characters here, the LARPers <laughs> that was golden. I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah. I, I don't really know how to feel about the LARPers. I mean, I don't, I didn't mind it. I thought it was humorous. Um, but at the same time, like it, it wasn't my favorite. I will say, um, like out of everything, I fucking hate the musical. I fucking hate it. Like every single part of this musical. I hate the fact that most of all, I hate the fact that the show ended with the musical. There's gotta be a reason why it ended with the musical. Some underlying reason why, um, I haven't scoured the YouTube verse, for you know an explanation as to why it ended there uh but it drove me batshit bananas that it ended with like the full like um what is it um i can do this all day track uh (laughs) um but maybe i hate it because like that that's something i could see them doing in real life is trying to make a buck off of the Avengers and uh, and these you know IRL events in the the MCU. So, um, I mean, other than other than that, it you know I I really enjoyed the show. Um, do you want to talk about? Uh, I know we've kind of um haphazardly touched on a few things we might see going forward do do you want to dedicate some time to talk about what we might see going forward from each of these characters and maybe another season of hawkeye yeah i'm really really hopeful that we'll get another season i hope they don't cut out um clint completely 
Um, you know, I understand that they're trying to pass the mantle on to Kate, but um, I think it ended on a good note, and I think he needs to continue to mentor her a little. And I, I think uh, what I envision in my head is him uh, kind of assuming uh, his wife's role in in this season where she was basically on the other end of the phone like kind of helping him out you want him to be the guy in the chair yeah exactly the guy in the chair yeah we've already gotten a million movies with hawkeye in it it's time to hit for him to take a back you just said it's time for him to take a back seat and for kate to take up the mantle i understand that that's where it's headed i just think that there's no reason that Clint has to be put on the sidelines right now. And also, we have not gotten a million movies with Clint in it. You know who we have a million movies of? Fucking Captain America. Nobody likes that idiot. Okay? You're about to make a lot of people really mad. I really like Falcon. And I liked when Falcon became Captain America. Well, um, Um, you know. Okay. Captain America's okay. Um, But I'm just saying, like, we've had a million movies with Captain America. Captain America's been in every freaking movie. Where was Clint during Winter Soldier? Huh? (laughs) Where was Clint during the one before Endgame, Infinity War? Where was everyone else? Everybody else was there. No. Him and Scott were missing. <laughs> and so I feel like um I feel like there there has been uh a lot of other characters that we've gotten rid of and are we have seen a lot more of than Clint and I think we could see a little more of him and it would be okay. Um No, my- I so I agree. Um you know, this uh I think they would be doing the character of Clint and uh, his iteration of Hawkeye dirty if they just did a clean break and we didn't see him at all anymore ever in the MCU uh, because it th- there really was no official like I mean there was kind of a passing of the mantle but I it, it just did not feel as official as. Maybe because, like, a lot of the the ends of characters we've seen is their actual death. And, you know, we haven't seen Hawkeye die. Uh, So, and I kind of, I hope we don't. I kind of doubt we will see, you know, his death. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm with you. I, I would not be opposed at all to seeing more of Clint going forward. Um, but at the same time, I am thinking and hoping that it's more Kate, uh, because you know me, I'm all about the strong, uh, and empowered female characters. So, which I'm not against. I'm just saying that we need, uh, Kate is going to need Clint a little longer. I don't yeah, feel like her no. training is like complete and I don't feel like Clint is going to be satisfied sitting on the sidelines. I mean, how many times has he tried to retire already? I mean, <laughs> like five. Yeah. So I just don't think he's going to 
be able to just sit it out if he knows that his friend protege minty is like in serious danger yeah um so yeah we uh we talked about that maya lopez she's getting her own show echo right um or or is it a, a movie or a disney plus show plus show okay uh so we got that um really the only thing that we don't know that at least that i know of is yelena and her future um my uh, if i you know gun to head my guess is that uh, her next appearance might be in um what is it thunderbolt ross or or ross's thunderbolts or whatever it's called um where you know we've seen julia louis dreyfus's five name character going around and collecting these uh, uh these black label avengers these you know um what, what did you call uh anti-hero yeah like anti-hero kind of you know we have um what's his name from falcon and winter soldier um uh the guy that they they made the new captain america um i can't even remember his name uh and that's been my favorite show so far um but uh yeah, so I think we we may end up seeing her in in that show. So maybe uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, her and Ross are um, are formulating this this team. Maybe kind of like a Suicide Squad type of team. John Walker. John Walker. Yeah, there we go. U.S. agent. Yeah, the most generic name of all time. <laughs> I couldn't think of. Uh, but um yeah uh any any other thoughts uh about the show before we sign off no just that i really enjoyed it and that i thought it was fun without taking itself too seriously mm-hmm. and it still added a lot to the mcu um i'm sure. really hoping that they're going to try to make agents of shield somewhat canon somehow yeah. some way i really want colson back guys come on somebody work with me here um we'll see yeah we'll see maybe yeah i know well like agents of shield like he's like a robot now so like a cyborg so <laughs> wow um i clearly have missed a lot with that show so. yeah so um you know maybe some sort of alternate universe you know something but if if laura is you know agent 19 also known as the mockingbird as we all know bobby morris on agents of shield is also mockingbird but um i'm thinking maybe this is just kind of like another namesake mantle that can be passed down if hawkeye can pass down his mm-hmm. black widow can pass down hers maybe mockingbird is something that can be kind of passed down as well so you know i'm hoping fingers crossed yeah yeah we'll see um i mean regardless of what happens we know that uh the the mcu marvel will not disappoint us they they always have a new way to surprise us and make awesome shit for us make awesome movies make awesome shows deliver on the goods so yeah i i am uh they they have all of my faith that they will do something really cool going forward with with all these characters 
Um, so listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week um, with a, an exciting new episode. Um, uh, stay tuned on our uh, social medias for that specific topic. Uh, if you'd like a full slate of our uh, monthly topics well in advance, uh, on top of some other really cool perks like a button and sticker sets and um, getting to join our private group where we uh, talk about um, all kinds of cool stuff uh, and decide on future topics. You can join our Patreon. Uh, we have a couple different tiers. We have a $2 tier and a $5 tier. Um, that uh, A link for that will be in the description below. Uh, leave us a rating and review where applicable. Uh, you can now rate us on Spotify. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that yet, but yay, Spotify. You can finally uh, leave star ratings for podcasts. Um, so head on over to either Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. And as always, be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye.